0: The Brothers, for you and I to live for the kingdom of God, it's going to require a, a perspective shift, a new way of thinking, a new mindset. What in the world would it mean to pray, Thy kingdom come? Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that your home is in heaven and live as if that's your goal. What we've done in the past simply can't be done anymore that we lived our life in a certain manner because it was basically a Christian world, a Christian culture that we're living in. That time, those times are over. It's not enough to be a believer. It's not. You, it is not sufficient for you just to believe and that's it. You cannot be a believer. Being a believer leads to being a follower. Instead of all these things we're worried about that consume our thoughts and our minds, instead of using your mental energy on that, instead, seek his kingdom. What in the world would it mean to pray by kingdom come. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations again. Merry Christmas to everyone as we as we wind up the semester, as uh, we prepare for the holiday break, um, and, and just look forward to all the different opportunities and ways in which we can celebrate the Advent, celebrate the, the birth of Christ. Really looking forward to that. And students, I am confident that you are looking forward to a, to a few days off. But today's special episode... Features Dana Drew Shaw, and I should say Dr. Shaw uh, as well, um, who is an employee of Grand Canyon University. Um, we're going get, to get into that, but Dana, before we do, can you talk a little bit about your career leading into your current position? You're serving right now as a director, of, basically a, a government liaison between Grand Canyon University, the state of Arizona, and I would imagine even broader than that. Um, but talk about your journey to this point.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. And yeah, Merry Thank Christmas you. to everyone. Um, I know holidays are, are such a great time. So um, hope you take time to reflect on Jesus' birth in this uh, holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, um, it's probably a testimony to, to God's work in someone's life and how sometimes we think we have a plan that we're going to control and God takes you down a completely different path. So if you asked me um, as a, a, a student, uh, what I wanted to do. Um, I don't think government relations would have ever been, um, part of that conversation. <laughs> that right? Yeah. But, but, but interestingly enough, um, I was blessed to be a, a college basketball player. I studied political science, um, as an undergrad and then, um, rolled into law school. Uh, after that I had met my husband, he was a basketball player as well. And so, um, what school was that? If you that yeah. At the university of Toledo in okay. Ohio. And awesome. yeah. And so I rolled right into law school and actually completed my law degree in two years. Um, understanding that he probably, was going to be drafted which he was by the Philadelphia 76ers and wow. spent the next uh, 12 years um, doing the professional basketball thing he played um, I also played for for three years we had um, four kids in five years and most of our time was spent overseas uh, in Europe uh, primarily in Italy and uh, fortunately I was a, a, a an Italian uh, citizen so have dual citizenship and so uh, really enjoyed our time there 2011 rolled around my husband retired and so um, I was given an opportunity to join a law firm, uh, uh, started in their sports practice, so did a lot of contract law, did employment law, and then um, uh, did some Title IX work with the law firm, but always had a love and a heart for teaching. And so was a adjunct professor at several different institutions, Valparaiso, uh, Northwestern, uh, worked Liberty online classes for a while while we were living overseas. And then uh, we moved to Chicago. And then after that, moved to Nashville, where I was given an opportunity to be a full-time faculty member at Belmont University. And so I wow. took a full-time faculty position and switched my legal work to an of-counsel relationship. So still was able to do some legal work as well. And then 18 months ago, made a big move out to Phoenix, Arizona and um, At that point, I had a conversation uh, with uh, President Brian Mueller, who um, explained his vision for a a government relations department, and it sounded awesome. And so uh, I started in July of 2021, so just about six months ago, uh, with Grand Canyon University, uh, starting a department of government relations, which is a new department for the university and a, a new role for me.
0: And is that a, is that a faculty role? Are you teaching or is it, is it more administrative? No. Point?
1: So, um, you know, uh, you know, Something that I wasn't uh, aware of was you know how active higher education was in um in different levels of government and g c u saw an opportunity to have someone that could uh, kind of quarterback all efforts, whether it be federal, state, or local, um and just organize um, just our interaction with uh elected officials with also um uh, state and local. And really, just wanted to do uh, be intentional about telling the GCU story again. If if you've if you're from Arizona, um, hopefully you, you are aware of GCU, but I think on a national level, a lot of people, um, have heard of GCU, but don't know the full story and how God has just really worked on that campus. And it's amazing. And it's something that needs to be shared in, in all yeah. areas. So, um, yeah, it's so it's a it. lot of external relations is what that role is, but, um, you know, I love being on a college campus and, in in interacting with students, uh,
0: uh, regularly. It's energizing. Absolutely is. My son's an RD. Uh, in one of the dorms there. And every time I come onto campus, it's just alive. It is. I love it. Yeah. Really, really a great place and and a tremendous, um, tremendous place to be. And and I love the analogy you used earlier. You are a quarterback, but you're a point guard playing quarterback. It's going to be a good season when that happens. I hope so. Yeah. So for our students, could you talk a little bit about your journey educationally? Um, at what point did you realize that, that law was your aspiration? Uh, what did that look like? And then what, what path did you choose educationally to pursue that for maybe for students that are thinking through similar choices?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, probably goes back to when I was in high school and, and, um, I have an older brother and I have a younger brother and my older brother, um, uh, was really interested in law. And so because he was my older brother, I thought, man, I should be interested in law as well. Um, kind of a sidebar. My older brother went on um, to be a basketball coach rather than a lawyer. <laughs> and um, he's actually the head coach at Baylor University. They just won the national championship. Oh, so neat. he made a pretty good career choice, I'd he say. Sure did. Uh, yeah. Me, on the, the the other hand, decided to pursue uh, the, the law degree. Um, and that honestly stemmed um, a lot from my uncle, who was uh, appointed as the the district attorney for the Western District of Missouri under Ronald Reagan, and then rolled into um, a judge, uh, uh, being a judge on the Missouri uh, appellate court. And so I got to see firsthand the legal system through him. I would visit his office. Yeah. And went in and sat in some hearings. And uh, the the point where I knew I wanted to go to law school was um, was early 90s. I was talking to him about a case that he was working through and it was very, uh, uh, very new in the sense that um, we really didn't have a push for um, uh, uh, gay uh, G- LGBTQ type initiatives. And this was actually a case before the court having to do with um, uh, a couple that wanted to adopt a baby. And I just remember being so upset and, and disturbed because I just really felt like, you know, marriage is a man and a woman and, and how could they ask this and how could this even make it through the courts? And so I just remember him talking about rule of law and how to um, use the law, but also to to preserve our Christian values and, and heritage through the law and how that needed to be um, tailored specifically. And it was honestly, it was fascinating to me And I really was, um, I think at that point, God just really put in my heart the the desire to fight for justice and to understand it through a legal lens. And that being said, I I, um, have a very non-traditional law background. I did work in a law firm, but, um, you know, did not kind of go through the typical uh, law route. I, I think my law degree has been Uh, such a value and an asset in all the different roles that I've had. And and a lot of those have been in working with nonprofits or honestly just um, having side conversations and having a good understanding and context for how the law works in our society and um, some of the implications of it. So um, I would really encourage students if they're interested, you don't have to go to to, to law school to to work in a law firm, but there are so many jobs um, out there for attorneys and having an understanding um, of the law can be such benefit in almost any role that you would have.
0: Yeah. And, and a JD degree, can you explain that? You, you, you would hold a a JD degree. Mm -hmm. Talk us through that. What does that mean? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, um, a juris doctorate is, uh, generally a three-year program. Um, and, when you uh uh, apply for law school you have to first of all take the lsat and then look at your undergraduate degree grades so your grades are very important and um in that test to to apply to a law school uh and then it's a three-year program and, and you get touches to all different areas of law while you're in law school so um i think one thing people probably don't realize is how specialized the law field is and um there's usually um Uh, an area that you'll, you'll be drawn to. But in order to, to, to pass the bar exam for a state, you have to be able to understand uh, several different areas of law. And Mm -hmm. so again, you know, probably most people think of criminal law when they think of of the law, but there's uh, intellectual property, which is trademarks and copyright. Um, There's agency law. There is, um, you know, business uh, law issues with setting up uh, entities. And so again, um, there's a a wide spectrum of opportunities within the legal field um, that, that, uh, students can engage in if they're interested.
0: That's great to hear. You know, you alluded to uh, familiarizing people outside the state of Arizona with Grand Canyon University and, and one of the things that I think is so critical that we get to see in Arizona from a front row seat is the profound difference that GCU is making in the community. Uh, whether it's the community that immediately surrounds the school or really the region as a whole. One of my favorite statistics Um, That jumps out at me about this year's freshman class is that one in five freshmen this year are the first person in their immediate family of origin to attend college. It's important for our families to understand that these first-generation students face hurdles without family members who can guide them through the financial and logistical steps of higher education. Many times, these students require real support and inspiration from the university. Can you describe how GCU has worked to make such a huge difference in first – I mean, you talk about making a difference in culture. That's it. Twenty percent of students for the very first time in a family of origin attending university. That's incredible. How does that happen?
1: Yes, I think that um, if you step on our campus, there's definitely a different feeling. I think there's a joy on campus and a very welcoming Uh, place to be. Uh, we're very uh, intentional about building community and we recognize that a lot of first generation students, um, this is their first experience and maybe they don't understand the resources or have the support. And so um, wow. that's, that's a, a lot of conversations that we have is how do we make sure that these students not just have access to education, but also to are supported and successful in that education. Um, if I can just talk quickly about, you know, President Mueller and his vision, I think that it's so important to understand that that GCU values that every person, no matter your socio socioeconomic class, has access to higher education. Um, GCO has not raised tuition in 13 years on their ground campus. Um, We have several scholarship programs where we are trying to identify, help, and support students. Um, We have several other initiatives where we're trying to really plug into the local community um, to to offer a high-quality education at a very low cost. Um, We've been very blessed with a lot of supporters and donors, too, who share that heart um, for, for students, um, especially first generation students to have an opportunity to go college and be successful. And, um, we have a, a scholarship program too, where we've given scholarships to first generation students, many first generation students among others, um, to be able to attend college and yeah. very important to who GC is, GCU is to our identity. And honestly, to to the mission that we feel that God has called the university to, which is to build into that next generation and give them opportunities, um, especially from a higher education
0: um, uh, level. Yeah, love it. And I, I love the fact that, as I mentioned to you earlier, when I step onto that campus, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't matter the time of day. It's just there, there's people, it's exciting, it's, a, it's always a fun place to be. and I also love the fact that, that Brian and the entire team have made Christian worldview such an important and vital part of the experience for students uh, you know I can tell you honestly, and this, this comes from the mouths of alumni that come back to our campus and, and reflect on, on biblical worldview, the spiritual temperature on that campus is hot. And I love that. Well, love and
1: that. I think that's reflected, um, just to share, we have chapel every Monday morning at 11. Um, it's voluntary. And the first chapel service I walked into, a packed arena. Um, I know it gets crazy for basketball games, but if you've not experienced a chapel service at an 11 a.m. on a Monday morning filled with 7,000 young people praising and worshiping God, um it, it so gives much. you so much hope. Yeah. I mean it's like man God is is real. He's working in the lives of of so many students and this is our next generation of of yeah. of changers and we are yeah. so excited to witness that firsthand. Um but yeah, the 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 energy and the passion on campus is fantastic. It's a it's a great place and yeah, I would welcome anybody out to a chapel or or on campus anytime. Um we love Love having people see the, the the incredible work that that's happening there.
0: That's awesome. So it, let's towards that end, let's talk about this initiative um, that's surfaced in the last year or so. It's it's called CityServe, and so this year, Grand Canyon University initiated a unique partnership with CityServe. A May 2021 issue of GCU Today uh, said this of the initiative, and I'm quoting here: "GCU is creating a 35,000 square foot warehouse on campus." that will house products such as clothing, heaters, fans, blankets, furniture, mattresses, food boxes, and other essential items provided by major retailers through CityServe. The GCU hub, powered mostly by volunteers, will provide the items to to points of distribution such as churches, schools, and social service organizations that will then distribute them directly to families in need. GCU has already identified 40 community partners that will serve as points of distribution and plans to connect with more than 100 eventually. In terms of an impact on culture, initiative like this is just unbelievable and, and there is certainly no obligation for a university to take up a mantle like that yet gcu has what motivates that what is that like can you describe city to us yeah
1: that it's so exciting and you just read a blurb from may yeah we are up and running and is it is right? so exciting to to walk through the warehouse it is stacked with goods and we have already started delivering out to the community so Real quick b- background with that, um, we had we were approached by Dave Donaldson, who had started CityServe on a national level, and he had wanted to partner with the university. And b- President Mueller again has such a heart, not just um, for GCU and the campus, but for the local community. And again, I could I could talk. Uh, you know, for an hour on just all the initiatives that we have right in the Maryvale area where God has placed us and the, the service that we're doing and the outreach um, that we're doing just in our local community. And so this is just another way that we can help serve not just the, the local community, but the whole state of Arizona. And so um, the idea behind City Serve was that there are a lot of goods that get returned to big retail. So Home Depot, Amazon, you buy something and you return it it was going to landfills, and wow. so um, instead of all of these goods um, going to landfills, Dave Donaldson um, started getting those goods and bringing them to a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And so the warehouse is the hub, and so the stuff um, instead of going uh, to the landfill gets delivered to the warehouse, where um, our director, executive director Jay Corey, who some people may know from the Phoenix Rescue Mission, is is the director of our CityServe program now. He inventories it and then we have set up uh, relationships with with pods, which are points of distribution. And again, those can be uh, community groups, nonprofits, um, churches, schools. So again, we invite anybody that has an interest in the City Serve initiative to reach out and um, we identify the pods actually identify the needs and then we serve as kind of the um the inventory for those needs to be met. And I mean the stories already in just the first couple months are incredible with um you know, there was a a a, a, a uh, kids that were, did not have beds. And we, one of the donations we had were a hundred bunk beds that we had our, um, honors college students put together. And now those hundred bunk beds will be distributed. So kids will have beds to sleep in. So just basic needs. And so that's really the hardest city service to really help families who are in need with, with goods. Um, but that's just our first phase. Um, because wow. again, uh, president Mueller has an incredible vision and, and, Phase two is actually working with our nine different colleges, and each one of the colleges is coming up with ways that they can serve the community as well. And so we've had conversations with our, our College of Nursing that's going to be able to, to huh. hopefully put in a free health care clinic so people can come and access health care. Um, we have a huge uh, counseling program, so we'd like to be able to offer counseling for, for mental health or for for other issues that, that might not be affordable to families that do have those needs. Um, our engineering students are fantastic, and they're ready to jump in on any way they can to, to design whatever's needed by the local community. And so, again, it's not just... Um, it's not just helping with those basic needs, but we're hoping that um, this phase two will, will also meet some of the other uh, needs that, that families have in the community. So we're very excited and, and our students are, are, they're out there volunteering with inventory and deliveries and it's, it's just really exciting um, and we're, yeah. we're really um, blessed well, with that. I love
0: it. it from, from one Christian educator to another, what I love about this is GCU is putting their money where their mouth is. And if you take a look at it from a pragmatic perspective, every square foot on a campus represents an opportunity. And that square footage for that hub could have very well have been more classrooms, which would have been more students which would have been more revenue but instead you've invested not just in the minds of your students you're investing in their hearts the fact that these students are able to be part of city serve the fact that you've got the service program you, you do reflects to me that shaping their hearts shaping their their souls towards service is as important as shaping minds and And that is amazing. So in closing, if you were to offer a word of encouragement to our students, especially those juniors and seniors that are preparing to transition from high school towards the next step that God has for them in their lives, what would it be?
1: Yeah, that's a a great question. Again, I think going back to the way I opened, um, you know, I, I think you can have plans but but God will dictate your path if you if you let him. And so I would really just encourage them to be um very prayerful. Um I was just talking to to my son who's a senior in 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 high school and he's kind of going through the same thing too and um he was sitting there and he was wearing a shirt that says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you a future and a hope. And so um, I think if you uh, if you pursue God and you pursue serving him, uh, whatever the next step is, he'll make that clear. And yeah. so I would just really encourage you to um, pursue your relationship with Jesus Christ and all those other uh, career decisions will fall into place.
0: Amen. Seek first the kingdom. Yep. Well, thank you, Dana. Thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for joining Team GCU. They've they've got an inspired individual, for sure, that's on the team. We're looking forward to everything that happens, and and hope that you'll keep us up to up to date on everything that that GCU unfolds and and announces over the next next few years. And folks, to you that are listening, uh, Merry Christmas, and thanks for listening today.